You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast, in which three editors talk romance novels, sex, pop culture, relationships, writing. And did we mention sex? Yeah! From the ladies behind XOXOAfterDark.com, because the best conversations happen after dark. Okay, we're here for another mobile version of the XOXO After Dark cast. Uh, the XOXO team is at Romantic Times, the RT book convention this week, and uh, the most appropriate place it could be, Las Vegas. Uh, anything apparently does go here. Some of it already has gone here. Uh, but we are still going to probably keep today's interviews to a relatively sedate three balls of fire unless someone uh, gets a little indiscreet and tells us what they were doing. My first guest here today at the uh, RT version of our XOXO After Dark cast is the wonderful Amy Reichert. She is the author of The Coincidence of Coconut Cake. And uh, her new book, her upcoming book, is luck love and lemon pie yes. and uh if you i mean i love coincidence the coconut cake mm-hmm. i had the opportunity to read it when uh amy's editor uh kate was considering it and um i think i maybe have gained a couple of pounds just reading the book <laughs> <laughs> happens amy thank you for joining us thank you for having me i love you guys so much so uh, you know i'm always here whenever you want me that's exactly why we have you keep coming back because i need to shore up my my dangerously low (laughs) self-esteem so how are you enjoying vegas and rt i love it this is my first rt so it is a little overwhelming at times uh but i love it and vegas is such a fun city because it truly does never go to sleep and i think they do they they probably do pump something in the air because it just keeps you going and Because of the time change, I keep waking up early and I'm ready to go again. That's amazing. What's the craziest thing you've seen or done since you've been here? I'm not sure I can say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then it must have been good. <laughs> it was very good. But I love at the conference itself how excited so many of the readers get and how they dress up in costumes. Mm-hmm. And it just makes for a lot of fun people watching. Absolutely. And it's exciting to be in a place where everybody loves romance as much as I do. Yes, and it's uh, really actually very appropriate for you mm-hmm. because your new book uh, is, while it is also about pie in some ways, it's about <laughs> poker too, right? It is about poker. Uh, my main character is looking for ways to reconnect with her husband, so she decides to pick up poker as a, a fun way to do things together, but it, for anyone who's played poker, it's not a very good date game. Right, they don't like you to talk. Like, <laughs> no, like, no talking, <laughs> no touching at the table. They frown on that. Uh, so... Um, she finds out she really, really enjoys it and uh, sort of has a midlife crisis where she falls down the rabbit hole of the exciting game of poker and ends up in Vegas. Uh, so there's uh, some Elvis going on oh, and wow. some very flashy poker pros <laughs> who are a bit swoon worthy, if I do say so myself. Does a poker pro make a good romance hero, you think? Would you I, I think he does. Um, he... Well, I don't want to give anything away of the story, but I, I, he has a backstory and a story I want to explore. I just have to convince somebody to let me write that. <laughs> Kate. So, I Kate, I hope you're listening. Future readers, please send mail to Kate. <laughs> <laughs> Were you um, a card player yourself before? I have played poker. Uh, my, my husband plays poker. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say if that he's the inspiration, but uh, he does play poker, and I've played poker with him. The last time I was in Vegas several years ago, uh, we we were up quite late playing in a variety of poker tournaments Mm -hmm. and poker games and it's fun what i like about it is the men at the table almost always underestimate the women Mm -hmm. so at least 
when, when for a while once you sit down you can do pretty well <laughs> what would you if you uh are going to give a recommendation to other women who want to play poker out there what would be your best um misleading or distraction technique to get the uh, other men at the table to underestimate you um, I, I, I think sometimes brainless chatter can be very effective because it gives them the impression that you don't know what you're doing, but you also have to know the game well enough to be able to chatter while being really smart. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm not very good at that. But we're, we're all better multitaskers. We are. That, that anyway. is true. There are studies. <laughs> this podcast is nothing if not service. <laughs> Uh, so do you do any writing while you're here at RT or is there uh, other stuff? I have not been doing much writing. I did write on the plane here. Uh, so there was some of that. And I plan, I have a late flight tomorrow. Not tomorrow. When do I leave? Sunday. We don't even know what, what day, day is it anymore. We have no idea. Uh, so I plan on doing a good chunk of writing as I leave because I've, I'll be all by myself and it'll be good. Yeah. I'll be in sort of this strange delirious state at that point from lack of sleep and caffeine so it should be pretty good i can't wait to see what the fever dream book is <laughs> going to be right. about <laughs> the probably be unicorns and rainbows did you have a chance to see any panels or other uh workshop kind of stuff while i here? have i've been going to panels I'm, i have a lot more than i want to hit up today but yesterday i went to a really great one uh it was on romance advocacy and it was slightly geared towards booksellers and uh librarians but i as someone who writes on the line between women's fiction and romance, I it frustrates me when I see other people, specifically who write women's fiction, kind of looking down their nose at it. Mm -hmm. So I loved being in a room where people had some great uh, advice on how to combat that and why romance is such a wonderful genre for women. That's such a great point. I think people don't necessarily think about um romance needing advocacy in that way because on the one hand mm -hmm. you're like well we're like half of the Population. paperback sales yes uh, how could this huge genre need it but what was one uh tip or suggestion uh, or takeaway you had from that about how people could defend their beloved genre to right others? well what i thought was really fascinating is uh in romance women always have to evolve and have some sort of character arc and change and growth and you know, literary fiction that gets all of the advice doesn't have to. I mean, they can just have people sort of stagnate and that's the point of the story, which isn't, that's no good. I call that the, the delicate slant of light reminds <laughs> me of my mother's death. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I think that it encourages this growth and this change and this learning is a really exciting part of it. And I personally like that when I pick up a romance, I can expect it to end well. Yeah. Sometimes I just need that. Absolutely. We all sometimes <laughs> need the promise of a little happy ever after. Right. And then I get tricked into reading Me Before You and, ugh. Well, sometimes so we need a good, good weep as well. Still reeling from my heart being wrenched from my body. You'll probably recover just in time to go see the movie. <laughs> right. Just in time. That's <laughs> Absolutely. right. But it's got Finnick and, and you know, uh, I can't think of her name in the show. Daenerys Targaryen. Oh yes, sir. Um, 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 uh, Amelia Clark. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Hard to go wrong there. <laughs> uh, is there what's next on your to be read pile? Whenever you get some time to. Read? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I 
am going to be at a conference this summer and I'm doing a, a session on women's fiction. Mm-hmm. And in the session, I'm going to be talking about Taylor Jenkins Reid's books, um, Maybe in Another Life, and then the other one is Forever Interrupted. And I haven't read that one yet, so I need to read that. Great. So I'm very excited. That's on the next one. But I have a lovely little stack of books coming home with me that... Maybe I'll have to dip into before. Mm-hmm. Got some goodies. <laughs> right. Got some Instead goodies. of writing at the airport, I might have to read. Excellent. All right. Let's close with uh, one piece of advice for folks either who are going to come to RT or a piece of advice um, for people who are coming to Vegas. Um, I think anytime you're someplace with a lot of people, interesting jewelry or uh, um I have a manicure. That's my book cover. It is a fabulous manicure. Is, we'll, have a, we'll put a po- picture up on the yes. site. Um, is a great idea because it's a conversation starter. Uh, writers by nature are introverts. So you, it's nice to have something that will catch people's eyes and start a conversation. Great. That's my tip. Great. That's an excellent tip. Uh, this has been Amy Reichert, author of The Coincidence of Coconut Cake, available now, and the upcoming Luck, Love, and Lemon Pie. You are going to love them both, I promise you, and you will gain a little weight, but it's all yes. going to be worth it. Amy, thank you so much for talking Thanks with us. Thanks for having me. You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast. So I am sitting here at the XOXO After Darkcast Remote RT Vegas Edition, and I'm here with the lovely Monica McCarty, who is the author of the Highland Guard series, and the upcoming book in that series is going to be The Ghost. Monica, welcome. Thank you. It's very nice to be here. We're thrilled to have you. Um, Can you tell listeners who maybe are... um, not familiar with your series, just a little bit about the basics of who the Highland Guard are. Sure. Um, Well, I think it's probably easiest to summarize it how I pitched it many years ago, and that was Special Ops and Kilts. (laughs) And it basically is that. It's the story around Robert the Bruce, and I have a a team of hand-picked guys that he has picked to help him defeat the English, and each guy has his specialty. So the the arrow was the guy who's who's the archer, Mm -hmm. and the striker was the guy who's good at planning the battles and so the rock is the climber and the ghost is well you'll have to read it and find out oh i was like yeah now you know what's the ghost job that's really exciting and the ghost will be coming out uh at the end of next month yes that's correct it comes out i believe on may 31st excellent excellent so you guys don't have to wait very long uh really you had me at special ops and kilts now were you already uh did you start that way because you had a great love of scotland or history or what brought yeah you you know i kind of came about it in a in a little bit of a random way i um was in my previous life i was a lawyer i went to stanford law school and i took uh comparative legal history (laughs) (laughs) and um and uh i did a paper on the clan system and feudalism oh wow and i got really really into Scottish history and I have what they call I call it a a Star Trek personality tick where when I get into something I get really into it (laughs) and so I was really really into Scottish history and they have so many wonderful stories um my first one was uh, centered around a battle called the war of the one-eyed woman and this was a real battle that started when a clan chief married a clan chief another clan chief's sister she lost her eye during the first year of marriage, and he sent her back to her brother at the end of the year, riding on a one-eyed horse, followed by a one-eyed man, or led by a one-eyed man, followed by a one-eyed dog, which, needless Cad. to say, started a war. Yeah, well, I'd say he had it coming. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, I, so the reason I love, I think I love Scotland is because you find so many little tidbits like that, mm-hmm. and it's really easy to find very fun stories off it. That's been fun stories. true. They yeah. do not play when it comes to, you want a legend? We will bring you a exactly. legend. Exactly. It's exactly true. It's like, the, what is it, truth is stranger than fiction? 
fiction, and that pretty much holds true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> have you always written historicals? Have you also done contemporary? Or are you? I have tempted? written. Um, I am somewhat tempted sometimes by contemporary because I do. I think what I really love is the band of brothers type scenario, mm -hmm. and that's what I've um, always read. Mm -hmm. And um, whether it be kind of I cross genres in my reading, my own reading, and so I read widely. And uh, but I tend to like the really strong alpha hero, which yeah. lends itself to a couple different things. Um, Definitely your Scottish hero, mm -hmm. as well as, you know, I love the um, the other special ops books. Yeah, so I, I yeah. do love my military romance um, as well. So sometimes I'm tempted. Yeah, you never yeah. know. Now, are you an Outlander fan, either the book or the TV series? <sighs> How can or? you not be an Outlander for right, Scott? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I definitely am. And I actually read the book again. Let's go back to law school. Yeah. <laughs> I read that um, <laughs> in law school when it first came out. And I absolutely love that story. And I love Jamie. Um, and yeah. I'm really, really enjoying the show as are mm -hmm. most of uh, the, I think all the fans that read my books yes. are definitely are on that as well. And we have on Facebook, lots of people love to post about that. So it's great. Absolutely. I have to say, I, um, I used to work for uh, Diana's editor when oh. I was a little pup. Okay. And what I was working for her around the time that, uh, which is when I met you. Yes, that's true. We, yes. <laughs> we did. True confessions. Exactly. We met each other long ago. A we long also uh, share a fine institute of higher learning. Yeah, that's right. Go Cardinal. Go Cardinal. <laughs> and uh, um, uh, so Diana was just about to deliver the fiery cross okay. when I was working for her editor. But one of the things I've really enjoyed about the show is uh, I was always, I mean, you got to love Claire and Jamie. Right. And I feel kind of when I read the books, I was like, bah, Frank, come right. on, get rid of him. And Tobias Menzies oh, has done such fantastic. an amazing job. And it really yeah. made me understand sort of Frank's perspective more. I it completely agree. And I, I totally agree with you. And I actually think that the, uh, the secondary characters mm -hmm. in the show yeah. have made me love the secondary characters in the book more. Yes. If that makes sense. Like, I, they've really done such a fantastic job with casting. And I mm -hmm. agree with you completely about Frank. I just watched the first yeah. episode, which is there. He's in there a lot. And it was really really wonderful yeah it's just um now it makes me think oh I, it's it's almost the same uh additive that like a great audiobook say right i um, completely agree yeah what can give to a how story. about the costumes oh, oh my god amazing I, I, I was just this won't be a spoiler by the yeah. time this goes up but i, I was able to catch uh, an episode this week oh, and I, it, she's, I won't <laughs> i won't say anything except that um uh Claire. someone destroys uh like an old one of the old costumes Ooh. and I was just like no save oh, that it. one okay. save it I saw you know it. I didn't see that that's yeah. the first one that was the first one okay good, good, good. I was like no 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 keep it for something I just but it's meticulous it really it is really funny. really they did a lovely job yeah and um it's wonderful I had a chance of blogging with her once it was really fun and <gasps> I did so actually exciting. meet her in person once a long time ago now let's turn um for the tables from uh dramatic historical scotland to dramatic present-day vegas how are you enjoying <laughs> how are you enjoying rt well it's been fun because i actually haven't um been back to vegas in many years i actually did my undergrad work down in los angeles so this was a big oh. spot for mm -hmm. um i went to usc which is not a very favorite campus of a lot of people who went to, <laughs> we to won't talk about that exactly <laughs> and uh but it was a big thing to come out here on yep. weekends and um it hasn't changed much um you know mm -hmm. some of these places i i think i actually stayed around here once <laughs> which is probably on the starving co uh, college budget but 
I, I remember the food buffets and and the free drinks and and the smoke and there's all of those. Um, yes, those are all still. I here. think my young daughter is with me, who's 16, and um, she is. I I, th- I believe I'm going to take her to an Elvis show tonight. <gasps> I might do that. Oh, so that's I, great. It's kind of like you feel like you got to check that off the Vegas list. I think so too. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, have you had a chance to go to any panels or see any of the craft stuff that RT's? I really haven't on? had um, too much of a chance because she's been with me. There's yeah. the, um, RT has a big YA day that mm-hmm. they do on Saturday, which is one of the reasons I brought her and we, yeah. she's had a chance of it's her spring break. Oh, so perfect. she, a few years ago when it also lined up in spring break, she went and had a ball because all of her favorite authors are here. So oh, it was really wonderful. Great. And it's also nice for her to get a chance to see what mommy does. So yeah. that was kind of fun. You know, do you think, um, is she, does she have an interest in being a writer seeing? Uh, no, she wants to be an archeologist. Good for her. Isn't that That's awesome? Great. And she has wanted to be an archaeologist since she's 14 months, about I mean, probably about two years old, basically. Like, as soon as she could pick up rocks, she wanted to be an archaeologist. That's amazing. And um, we always ask her, like, are you still wanting to be an archaeologist? Like a fireman? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And uh, and she does. So we're kind of somewhat living vicariously. My husband and I are both real history geeks. And so That's wonderful. it's right up our alley. Yeah. I think I wanted to be a horse when I was a kid. Isn't that funny? Like, I, you know, I, yeah, it's really funny that for her to have like a real thing that she wants to do because none of her friends do. Like, right. you know, I mean, there's a couple that maybe want to be a doctor or something like that. Mm-hmm. But nobody has as definitive of a, I want to be an archaeologist. You yes. Know? So it's been fun. Well, and maybe she'll uh, combine um, uh, her passion for archaeology and then whip out a couple of romance novels you also featuring know. archaeologists although she, yeah you never know she does she's a huge reader which I, I said she's already read two books since she's been here because they get so many free books so if you've never been to RT mm-hmm. it's really really a fantastic thing for readers because they give I mean you're getting, being handed free books everywhere so it's lovely it's true free books are definitely the yeah. currency of the land do you have anything either in your new tote bag full of books or on your to be read pile that you're excited to oh get to? um you know, I have actually been doing, I'm actually reading, um, about read, to read Sophie Jordan's new contemporary. She's a friend and I'm a huge fan of her. She does uh, YA, historical romance, as most people probably know, but also she has a new contemporary series and I'm about to start that one. It's the Devil's Rock series. Ooh. And um, so I'll be doing that. That sounds yeah. great. How about for um, one last tidbit for our listeners, can you tell us one detail that we might be able to look forward to in the ghost? Yes, I can. I, um, it's, I'm really looking forward. I mean, this is the last book of 12 books, and I know readers have been wondering what happened to Alex Seaton because one of my guardsmen, which is what I, the team is called, um, he left Robert the Bruce and went to fight for the English for a ver- variety of reasons. And so I know a lot of readers were very worried that oh. they were not going to see him again. But they get to see him back in this book. And then he's hooking up with um, one of the former heroines of book four, so the Viper's Daughter, <laughs> who has been very busy in England as well. So readers can find out and enjoy that. That sounds excellent. Yeah. It's like Game of Kills. It is. It is. I love it. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm taking that. Nobody it's else yours. gets to do that. Yes, it's no mine. <laughs> exactly. TM, All right. Monica McCarty. Uh, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> well, I hope you have a great rest of the time here in Vegas at RT. And thank you so much for taking a little time to talk Uh, to us. Thanks so much, Abby. It's great to see you again, too. And everybody, look for The Ghost coming from Monica McCarty next month. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast. All right, we're continuing our remote XOXO after dark cast uh, from high atop the uh, tower, the Masquerade Tower in the Rio here in lovely Vegas, and I am sitting with Laura Griffin, 
the uh, best-selling author of the Tracers series, romantic suspense novels, uh, and also uh, one of my own authors, so I am a little bit partial, but I will try and remain uh, with my journalistic integrity intact, <laughs> such as it is. Laura, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to be here. What a beautiful view of Las Vegas we have. <laughs> I know, right? It's really intense. It's great. Now, um, as I said, you are, of course, the author of the Tracers series of Romantic Suspense. And for anyone who doesn't know, the Tracers are sort of a CSI-like group of forensic experts. Uh, and your next Tracers book is a bit of an anniversary, right? That's right. We're at book number 10. I so know. I'm very excited. I think it's, uh, it's really exciting when you can see a series get to uh, kind of a, a benchmark number like that and um, this very changeable publishing landscape these days. Well, it's a lot of fun for me because when I first envisioned the series, I was thinking about three books, possibly four, <laughs> and it just kept going and going and more stories and more stories. And mm -hmm. I've had so much fun writing each one. Yeah. So Absolutely. Now, uh, for those of you who maybe are not as familiar with the Tracers, they all are kind of ripped from the headlines. So Laura finds a real bit of um, forensic science to talk about in each book. So would you tell us a little bit about Deep Dark, which is number 10 well, coming Deep up? Well, Deep Dark is the 10th book. And if you're not familiar with the series, each each book is a different mystery, a different romantic couple. So um, I try to focus on different um, people in each story. Um, the Tracers all work at the Delphi Center Crime Lab, and they are forensic scientists. And they, so I get to kind of spotlight all different areas of forensic science in, you know, in the course of a book. So this one, um, our heroine is a white hat hacker, and she helps um, investigators track down predators on the internet. And so in this particular story, she teams up with an Austin homicide cop who is trying to track down a serial killer who is targeting women online. And so she really kind of resides in the deepest, darkest corners of the internet to do her job, where she's able to find um, these these guys that kind of lurk and um, the internet predators. So that's what she does, and she's very good at it. <laughs> I think what's really kind of interesting, too, about uh, this character is not only that the... Um, Frankly, the stuff that you found out that you put into the book is kind of scary. She is a good guy, but the nature of her work mm -hmm. kind of lets her exist on both sides of the law, right? That's right. Well, you know, I, I started out in journalism, and so one of my favorite things to do when I'm about to start writing a book is to do some research and really interview people that are in the field. And so I had a chance to interview a lot of um, cyber investigators and some FBI agents that that work on these types of cases and that this the type of cases that they see is really creepy very disturbing um and so you know you kind of get enmeshed in that world um and, and i also did some research on hackers and there's just kind of a subversive um culture there and um a resistance to authority and so you have this contrast between the heroine who is kind of in this kind of um, counterculture that she exists in professionally and then here's this you know cop with a badge you know and so there are very different personality types but it's kind of what adds a lot of spark to their relationship because mm -hmm. they're coming at it from two totally different viewpoints mm -hmm. but they both have the same objective which is to find track down this predator so yeah so do you think opposites opposites really do attract? Absolutely. This is definitely one of those opposites attract stories. They're very dif they're different in so many ways. She's young, he's a little bit older, more experienced, more jaded. She's a little bit more idealistic, but then she's also kind of got this young, edgy um, personality that is just a sharp contrast. Mm -hmm. So it's and of course she resists him at first because um, she just has a problem with, you know, authority figures and and you know, 
things like that. So um, it's it makes for a um, a contrast between them, and that was fun to write. Yeah. So yeah. Now, in addition to the Tracer series, uh, we recently got started, and you you tried your hand on something a little bit similar, but also uh, gave you a chance for a new a new uh, setting and some new people. Tell us yeah, about a new your story e serial. Yes, the new story world has been a lot of fun. Um, in the course of writing the Tracers books, I've had a chance to write several Navy SEAL characters, which has been a lot of fun to research <laughs> and to learn about. And, um, and so I just decided it'd be fun to write a whole series focusing on um, an ultra elite group of Navy SEALs called Alpha Crew. And they do some of the um, most secretive missions. Um, and so the first um, story involves Emma and Ryan, and they, Emma is um, a staffer at the American Embassy in um, Southeast Asia, and, she, and her plane is um, over the Philippines, over the jungle, and it goes down. And so she is left on her own, surviving alone in the jungle until um, this ultra elite team of SEALs come in to see um, if they can find any survivors of this crash. The ambassador's wife was on the plane. And so there's some speculation that there might be more going on than just you know pilot error mm -hmm. um, here with this plane crash. So um, of course, he, they find her in the jungle and you know all the adventures ensue. Complications <laughs> ensue. Of course. <laughs> yes. And uh, this is uh, an e-original, e-serial uh, series. So um, the first two parts, Emma and Ryan's story, were At the Edge and Edge of Surrender. And they are both available now. You can get them online. And uh, they're e-novellas, e but they, they have a little heft to them. I feel like yeah. there's, I like, I think of them as sort of a noveloni. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, we, we release those very close together. That's right. But uh, readers should be aware that part one ends on a cliffhanger. Yes. You're going to want to run for part two right away. Well, I had some readers tell me, Oh, I'm so excited! The book came out, but I'm waiting till part two comes out because I can't, I can't handle cliffhangers. I have to wait. I have <laughs> not to even wait two weeks. Get both not even together. two weeks. So they they waited till the second one came out and then bought them both together and and mm -hmm. you know read the whole story in one in one big run. So it's great. It has all of the hallmarks of Laura's uh, Tracer series in that there's wonderful romantic tension. There's great sort of suspense. I would say these are a little more actiony and a little more overtly sexy too. Yes, I think so. I think um, that was one of the fun things to write about was, you know, when I'm writing this group of seals, you know, keeping it very action oriented, a lot of, lot of movement in the story, keep the pace quick. And of course, the sexual tension. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, what else are you? What are you excited about having seen or going to see at RT here in Vegas this week? Well, I'm. I've had so much fun. Um, my, my game is roulette, and so I had some, a chance to kind of sneak off yesterday afternoon and spend a little bit of time at the roulette table. And I'm proud to say I didn't. I didn't lose too much money. <laughs> I was like, Are we up or down? Come on. Um, I'm slightly down, but I'll take it. <laughs> There's some more time you can yes. make that back and today. So that was fun, and I might. I might have a chance to sneak back out and do that again. <laughs> this is where we document the beginning of Laura Griffin's Fall from Grace. And uh, have you been to Vegas before? Are you I have. Um, and you know, I've, I've been, I was celebrating an anniversary here and was only here for two nights. What really amazes me about Vegas is the time you feel like you're kind of in a, in a cave a little bit. The casinos don't have windows and you know, you, you keep odd hours and you never really know what time it is. <laughs> you're it's just true. kind of in this cocoon of, you know, the casino, so. It's true, definitely. It must be a little like being the writing cave, maybe? Yes, it is, it is. It's a little more fun than the writing cave. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a little more neon. <laughs> That's right. 
Excellent. Well, Laura, thank you so much for talking with us. Uh, I wish you every success at the roulette table. And thank readers, you. you can get the Alpha Crew serial at the edge and edge of surrender right now. And uh, look for Deep Dark coming out at the end of May, May, May 24th. 24, yes. Day. Yes. yes. So you. just a few weeks away. And uh, now go change all your passwords. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so thank much, you. Laura. You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast. We are continuing our special uh, remote version of the XOXO After Dark cast here at RT in Vegas. And I am excited to be speaking to the bestselling author, Sabrina Jeffries. Sabrina, welcome. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. We're thrilled to have you. Uh, Sabrina, of course, is uh, the author of myriad amazing historical romances, uh, many of which are on my own keeper shelf. And most recently, she has given me the challenge of getting through the name of her series, with my tongue still untied, it is the Sinful Suitor series, <laughs> <laughs> which is a delicious name. And uh, the upcoming book in the series is a study. The currently. Oh, the current one that's out right now is uh, a study in seduction. The study of the seduction. The study of seduction. In the Sinful Suitor series. Yes, the study of seduction <laughs> in the Sinful Suitor series. <laughs> You I didn't notice it, it till I was telling you, and I was like, "That's like five S's." It is right a lot there. of S's. We're right? definitely going to be able to check our uh, check our mic levels on that one, and that follows the art of sinning. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so tell us a little bit. It's uh, seduction and sexy and the arts. Is that a theme? Yes. Well, the um, the first book, the art of sinning, has a uh, hero who's an artist. Mm-hmm. So that's you know. In fact, my agent came up with that title, and we were like, "Yeah, we like that. We'll Good do that." Good job. <laughs> so, so uh, that was that was the first book, and the second book is a character from the first book who who, uh, who has actually been in two previous books, and his name is Edwin, and everybody's been waiting for his book, and I and they don't seem to be disappointed. Everybody keeps saying he's as wonderful as I thought he would be, but hey. here's the thing about him: he's a big curmudgeon. <laughs> And he's my husband. <laughs> and I, you know, people are always asking, do you base them as like, no, I don't, you know, these are, but this man is my husband, just kind of idealized. If you ever saw my husband, you'd go, really? He doesn't have, you know, washboard abs. What's, what's wrong? But he is, you know, older. He has them in spirit. He has them in spirit. That's right. <laughs> in his, in his, inside him, he's a cover model. Okay. But he is, uh, Edwin is very... He has a little geeky side, which you would not think would be that appealing, you know, for an alpha hero or whatever. But he's it it works well with my heroine because she's gone through some trauma in the past. And so he's a very practical, um, logical person. And so he's not, you know, it's like if Dr. Spock had to help someone with. You know, <laughs> it's Dr. not, he's not the type is sexy. Swept away. Well, listeners to our podcast will know that I love me a geek hero. Oh, I'm always up for, so <laughs> I, it sounds like this one has to go to the top of my pile. <laughs> now, does it feel? Do you feel any pressure when you are going to write a character that your fans have been clamoring for, or when you're coming to like a secondary character is going to step up and get his or her own book? But they've been a fan favorite for a lot already? Yes, every time. Every time that's... Because I've had a couple of... Uh, I had one that was really, really... When I did the uh, Hellion series, the hero of the first book was um, was the uh, Marquess of Stoneville. So it was the truth about Lord Stoneville. And uh, he was a char- He was meant to be a... Um, 
uh, red herring in the previous series because I I had this anonymous benefactor and da da da, and so when the series went longer than we expected, I had created I'd thrown in some red herrings so people wouldn't guess who the secret benefactor was. Well, lo and behold, one of them really captured everybody's attention, and then they were all mad when he was not the benefactor. And I'm like, why would I add a character halfway through the series who's been the benefactor all that? But nobody thinks like that, except writers, apparently. So they were all really mad, and and I was like, it's okay, it's okay, I'm starting a whole new series for him. I mean, but then it was like, oh, great, how am I going to, am I going to live up to this? Because they're all been... They wanted him so badly, and he had been in three previous books, so. And does that, um, when you had created him, but weren't in the initial books, thinking that he was going to then drive a whole series, did, when you started to write the new series with him at the center, where you're like, oh, I've, I've hamstrung myself because of details that you're already planted in the other Well, book? I actually, um, it's interesting because I, make the characters as as much themselves as I can without revealing any actual personal data so I don't run into that problem. So I try not to tell you age. I try not oh. to I do choose, you know, hair coloring and, mm-hmm. and sometimes that comes back to bite me. But and I and names sometimes come back to bite you because you go Oh yeah, now I have two characters named named with a with names that start with B, and uh, they're two guys, and people are going to get confused. But you know, it just happened that way. They showed up in the same book. I wasn't expecting right. them to show up in the same book, and so. But um, I do try to keep it very generic about details, like you know, things that could you know what their parents are like or what their background is. It's just, and you don't know these things about them. So mm-hmm. sometimes. Once in a while, I know these things about them, and that's okay. Or I realize I'm going to have this thing about them. But for the most part, I don't. So I don't put the I don't put anything in. I don't have to put in <laughs> to make the character real. To give yourself the most freedom that you right. have. Yes. When you are um, think plotting out a new book or ready to start a new book or a new series, where does it originate for you? Is it a, a couple? Is it a point of tension or conflict or um, a different? period in, or element in history that you wanted to explore what what's um, the scene? tell us how to write a sabrina jeffries book please <laughs> <laughs> um it, i it it's different things um for the series that uh pocket is reissuing this summer um the uh, royal brotherhood series i wanted to do a club for that series this one's a club too but um i wanted to do a club for that series and but I'd always been interested in doing this thing. Um, I, I, I had a friend who had written a book that had a one one woman who had had three children by three different husbands. You know, she kept she kept being widowed, and so that was her way to get three lords in the family. Because you know, there they are. Mm-hmm. They're they're all inheriting from she. She had a good run that lady. Yeah. But anyway, so and I always loved the idea of playing with the half brother idea and what. Mm-hmm. And it just came to me: what if the the one guy, what if the, it was the other way? was one guy who was siring them and how would that work and then I'm like what if it was Prenny and he's having a bunch of illegitimate children Mm -hmm. and I thought oh that would be and that was it that was it the series was in my head everything but sometimes like for school for heiresses I'm like 
well, I would like to do a school, what kind of school? And then that some of those come, they don't come as dramatically as mm -hmm. that one did. I mean, that was like a flash of insight. Sometimes they're not a flash of insight. Sometimes I have to work at them like, well, I want these siblings, but what are the siblings going to be doing? What, what is the problem with the family? Well, maybe the family, no, I don't know. And sometimes in that case, I had a historical uh, uh, story. I had a story of a group of siblings and that was what sparked that. Mm -hmm. So, and that was a historical, you know, thing. Okay. It was mm -hmm. a lore that they knew about that, you know, the four of them, their parents died when they were young and they had a grandmother who was this, and I went, oh, I'm just taking that right there. So sometimes it's history. Sometimes it's just an idea that's been kind of buzzing. Sometimes it's, I have one idea and I'm thinking, oh, this is kind of boring. And then I tweak it and I go, ha, uh -huh, that's it. So uh -huh. it's different every time. That must keep it fresh for you at least. Yes. Okay? <laughs> you, you have a, a long and storied career in, in mm, romance now. And yes. uh, uh, is it, does it feel the same or easier or harder writing your however manyth book now um, than when the no. you started? No. If out? anything, it's harder now um, because I'm aware of all the other things I've done, so I want to top myself or mm -hmm. whatever. I don't want to write the same thing over and over. I'm not content to do that. So I start writing, and I'm going, oh, I did that in book 20. I don't want to do that. And, of course, whenever I say that to my agent, she's like, nobody's going to remember book 20. That was <laughs> 10, 15, 20 books ago. They're that's not going to remember you wrote that. I mean, yeah, that's what she always says. It's just like, it's not close enough to that, and the time is way long ago. Just don't worry about it. But I always, you know, obsess over those right. things nothing like your agent to be like you should be so lucky that they're going to complain right <laughs> <laughs> that's not what she's saying i hope that's not what she's saying oh. but she she thinks i overthink everything she's like it's fine it's fine you know it'll be okay they're not going to remember that the character had this it's not you know no, there's always the one reader out there who's like, is it the same um, tailor that George <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. There's always one reader that is true. And you just want to be true. like, yeah, good eye. Good yeah, eye. yeah, you're right. I made him have <laughs> red hair and now he's black haired. I, I didn't mean to do exactly. that. Exactly. Now, are you ever tempted to uh, take on a wild hair and do something in a completely different genre or is there going to be Sabrina Jeffrey's zombie novel coming out at some point or no zombie novels <laughs> but I have an idea for a contemporary series oh, but you know I just I, I keep playing with it I haven't mm -hmm. I haven't gotten it fully formed in my head so when I have some time I play with it a little bit and go do I want to do that what do I think of that you know da, da. but um other than that and then I have I have like a literary novel I always want to not write uh, I have a weird thriller I want to write. I have a like a what do they call it? Magical realism oh, yeah. kind of thing. I want to. I mean, I just you got a whole I, list. I have got all kinds of books I could write. The problem with me is having time right. to write them. Right. You know, I'm a slow writer, so yeah. you know, I can write a book about every seven months, and that's really pushing it for me. And so I'm like, when when am I going to fit in the time to do? And and I'm re. re pockets reissuing some of my old deborah martins right so i'm revising those and then mm -hmm. you know so yeah yeah some of you if you uh were familiar with sabrina's work as deborah martin the reissues as you just said are um not just a straight right printing of the old right. book they're being 
fluffed and sliced and diced and uh, so you really are going to get some new material in there yeah. and it's going to feel like a new um, fresh engaging read I hope uh, that <laughs> you're going to love just as much absolutely so um, one of the things that sometimes takes you away from writing is coming to conferences like RT do you have uh, anything in particular that you've really enjoyed seeing or a panel you've been on or attended or something that you've done while you're here my actually one of my favorite things was i sponsored this event called the high roller event and we went up in in, in the link which is that big ferris well oh, yeah it looks like the thing. london eye yes it, well it is Vegas. very much yeah. like that and and the pods are bigger than the mm-hmm. ones in the london i've been in the london yeah. been up in the london eye but the pods are bi- much bigger because you can fit a bar in there but i sponsored this event and I had, you know, like 20 readers or mm-hmm. whatever up up with me, and we had such a blast. First of all, Vegas is amazing from the, you know, from yes. the sky, and then we had this hilarious bartender, and he made <laughs> fabulous drinks, and we knew we only had 25 minutes, so we all got real drunk. It was <laughs> fun. Awesome. We had a blast. And then uh, some of the readers and I uh, um, and my sister and my assistant, we went out for dinner and we had a good time it was wonderful so that was one of my favorite things was doing that was great fun i have to say this conference is always kind of a wild party but having it here at vegas seems like this might be its natural home i know know? i know right they should (laughs) always have it in vegas because everybody's like yep everything you see here you're like oh yeah yeah that's right that's right fits right in absolutely well i want to party with sabrina jeffries but for those of us who don't get to come to the uh, amazing bar on the ferris wheel trip we can still enjoy her wonderful books including the upcoming the study of seduction in the sinful suitors series yes sabrina thank you for joining us have a wonderful rt thank you you too (laughs) bye-bye so readers make sure that you catch the uh, Sinful Suitors series. The newest book out now is The Study of Seduction. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast. We continue here with XOXO After Dark Cast at Vegas. I want to do all of them at Vegas now, I think. But we are here for RT, and I am very excited to be sitting down with two lovely authors, uh, two for the price of one, Alice Clayton and Nina Bocci. Hello. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Alice has her. I've been in Vegas for three days, and I can't tell you what I've done. And I haven't even had a cocktail. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's sh- you know there should be cocktails this was remiss on my part although it is like 10 o'clock in the morning so that's what mimosas are for yes yes i that that was an oversight i will correct at my <laughs> earliest convenience thank you guys so much for, uh, for being with us, us today so there's all sorts of books coming up in the future for both alice and for alice and nina co-writing a book um those of you who maybe are already familiar with alice's brand of humor either from her uh, Redhead series or Wallbanger, or just, if you haven't seen them on our XOXO YouTube channel, some delightful woman on the street videos that she's done with us. I like to stand in the street. (laughs) For the record, it's usually on the corner. (laughs) I like to stand in the street, not the corner. 
This is how rumors get started. Right. It's all really stays a rumor. in Vegas. It's on video. Right. right. It's on YouTube there. That's true. It's no. YouTube. It's This is how viral videos yes. get started, I should be saying. Um, so most recently, we uh, made Alice Stand in the Street to talk about her Hudson Valley series that begins with nuts. And the second in that series, Cream of the Crop, will be coming up this summer. Summerish? Yes. Comes out in yes. July, Cream of the Crop, um, which is the second book in the Hudson Valley series. And we are getting to... Uh, uh, find out a little bit more about Roxy's best friend, Natalie, and the ever-quiet, ever-brooding, ever-seriously-handsome Oscar, the dairy farmer. <laughs> now, you wouldn't normally think of a dairy farmer, perhaps, as uh, hero material, but what what led you to um, these salt-of-the-earth types for your new hero series? Um, the Hudson Valley series completely came about after um, going to our local farmers markets, um, which I actually write a little bit about in the acknowledgments in Nuts. Um, Mr. Alice and I go to the same farmers market every summer, um, every week. And one summer we were there and we walked up and there was just the dreamiest farmer I had ever seen holding his cucumber, standing behind the stall. Um, and as you do. And uh, I just like literally sat in line going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm having such a epiphany. Um, and of course, the farm to table movement is so popular and you know just uh, sustainable agriculture and getting back to the earth and if you're going to get back to the earth why not get back to earth with somebody super good looking specifically I do have to say mentioning just farmers um, you know I always kind of cast um, my heroes in my head I decide mm -hmm. you know playing the part of this person in the movie that is running in my head right now um, I always cast them ahead of time and so when I started thinking about who Oscar might look like um, I thought how hot would it be to see Jason Momoa walking across uh, a barnyard carrying a giant milk can. In my brain, this is happening in slow motion. It's happening right <laughs> now. Let's all take a pause. Yep. Everybody picture. Oh. And scene. Oh, that was good stuff. Um, if you are uh, not necessarily thinking about tilling a garden, maybe you're more of a city girl, mm. uh, uh, you and Nina have cooked up something for that kind of reader as well, right? We do, we do. It's uh, it's called Roman Crazy, and it comes out in September, and it's uh, a really fun sort of second chance romance, which we both love, mm -hmm. and it's set in Italy, which we Ooh, both lovely. love, and a really hot Italian, which who doesn't love mm -hmm. that, so we're very excited about this. So. so do we get eating and loving, and we don't really have to worry about the praying? Um, yes, that would be very <laughs> accurate. <laughs> oh, perfect. I There's love nothing it. holy about this at all. Nina handles the praying for everyone. I do. It's a Catholic thing. So <laughs> we appreciate that. No problem. So we can get down to the gutter. <laughs> Nina will send us I down will, the yes. ladder. I will light candles. Up. They're always laughing because I always Would say, I'm going to light a candle. candle. <laughs> oh, God. We do not have the license for that song. No. <laughs> we don't have the license. <laughs> Cut that part. So uh, what about Rome? Were you always a, were you a fan of Italy or a, a regular visitor? What, what drew you there? Well, I'm, I'm an Italian, which I feel like is a statement that people just make when you are an Italian. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've traveled there a lot over my life with my family and whatever, you know, whatever, um, really whoever wants to come with me. <laughs> um, but I was there a few years ago and a friend of mine was just getting a divorce and I got back and she was a mess and Alice and I were talking and we're like, this would make a great story if she just went over and went nuts. Mm -hmm. And that's literally where it was born from. Mm -hmm. You know, just like this. Divorce so, Rumspringa. Exactly. Ex exactly. <laughs> exactly. Without the Amish. But I mean, you have a hot Italian, so it kind of, you know, works itself out. But, it, you know, we just started plotting it up at Mohonk and it just sort of fell out fully formed. And so it was born. That is so exciting. And, uh, 
I have seen the cover for this book. So gorgeous. It just makes you, it makes me think of Roman Holiday. Exactly. Exactly. They, I'll tell you one thing, you guys killed it. It was really, and there's just a glow. It has that, anyone who's traveled over to Italy and Mm. it has that glowy magical light that I don't know why we can't have it in the U.S. And, you know, thanks, Obama. I don't know. (laughs) Please can't have it because of Trump. Yes. Yes. As we're looking out at the Trump Tower. (laughs) Boo. Yes. Something has, yes, but it has that. It really does. It, it makes it, it feel like it'll 100%. be a fairytale. And I mean, there's a guy on a Vespa and the Coliseum is in the background and there's like the passport stamps and the really colorful font. And it's just like you want to crawl inside. Emma Chase Perfect. said she's like, I want to crawl inside the book. Yes. Yes. And this one will be on our post when we put it up on the website. So everybody will be able to see Yay. and agree. Um, what is the most romantic spot in Rome that you can tell our listeners to go check out? Or maybe the most romantic spot that your hero and heroine in the book go to? I would say, I mean, the most iconic would probably be the Trevi Fountain, just because it does hold such a significance to any tourist, even just to Romans that go there. You know, I mean, everybody is there to tell you what the coins do and everything else. And there really is this nice little moment in there that he's explaining it. So mm-hmm. it's, I think that would probably be, you know, even though it is like this huge tourist attraction, it's just, you just feel like. Mm-hmm. enamored of the city of the sights that you're seeing I mean it's it's really an incredible spot and especially at sunset it's just it's amazing to see it now I have to figure out how I can expense a trip there and call it uh, it's research work. yeah you can come with us excellent yeah excellent I'll carry your stuff and I will tell you that uh, I've never been to Rome, but I did have a really romantic moment um, in the Italy Pavilion at Epcot yes. um, in Orlando, Florida. And while not quite Rome, it was romantic. <laughs> was well, that when we were together? No. <laughs> I was with Mr. Alice. Thank you. Put the Rome in romantic. Oh, well. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Or something like that. Now, something Rome like if that. you want to. <laughs> we don't have the license for that either. Oh, God, God damn it. it. What do we have the license for? Um, Happy birthday. I, yeah, oh, yes. That's public it's domain public now. public domain. We can do All it. Right. Um, now, you guys co-wrote this book. Mm-hmm. How is that different from writing by yourself? How how did you, how do you manage to negotiate that? Do you, It was you, a lot of wrestling. <laughs> it was like actual physical mud wrestling, not just, yep. you know. Well, yeah. that makes sense. And then did one of you do a draft and the other one edit? Do you each draft different parts of it? Do you sit in a room together and yell at each other or braid no. each other's hair? Or we, <laughs> we were at Mohonk Mountain mm-hmm. House, you know, upstate when we, you know, just sat on a deck together and sort of outlined Barred it. it. Mm-hmm. And then we just came back and sort of fleshed the rest of it out and then went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until we sent it to Mickey. Mickey Newding is their wonderful editor. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, worked her Mickey magic. She did work her Mickey magic. She's, she's you know, mad props, Mickey. Yes, she's, outstanding. She's probably not listening to our podcast, but maybe <laughs> maybe we can get her to do yeah. it. Maybe she um, will. Were there any points where there was uh, uh, challenges or points of contention or things where you're like, I think they need to go to this spot, and you're like, no, 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 clearly he would go this way, or were you always really pretty simpatico? Um. I would say we had a little bit of back and forth, you know, through a lot of it, which I think anybody would expect. But I don't think it was anything where we actually were, you know, throwing plates at each other and trying. You know, everything worked out in the end. Which Book was five. Good. That'll be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'll be knocked down, drag them out. But no, it was good. It, yeah. it really was. It was a learning experience, obviously, because we had never done it before. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for the most part, I think it worked. Do you think it worked? I think it worked. I think it worked. <laughs> well, you're both still here and you're both sitting next to each other. So I assume yeah. that you guys, you know, there were no uh, publicist riders requiring us to keep 20 feet in between you. No, so I we think have a security it's... guard outside that walks us. Oh, well, that's know, good. Too. Yeah. 
But we did you both ask for only green M&Ms, and I'm a little yeah. surprised they're not here. Yeah. I don't know who Table's I need to talk to about that, but uh, I don't know. That's weird. It's not you great. Know, we, uh, Kristen Dwyer, our publicist, is normally really on that. I don't know how she left the green. Uh, <laughs> we requested green M&Ms, and we're not seeing them anywhere. What can we do about that? The ladies are complaining about their rider. <laughs> oh, the Flynn rider? See what I did there? I was good. I'm like, oh, we don't have the license to him either. God damn it. <laughs> Look, right. this is a really scrappy grassroots podcast. All right. You're going to have to sing your own original pieces, Alice. I've got my driver's license. Yay. That's All the only good. license. That's the only license. Yep. Um, other than a license to entertain. Right. And a license to ill. <laughs> I don't, they don't have the license for that. Damn either. it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing at RT? What have you seen? What have you enjoyed? Um, what's the, your favorite part of coming to the RT conference? especially here in Vegas. My favorite part of Vegas is going to bed at night at 10 o'clock. <laughs> it's a comfortable bed and I enjoy it. It is a comfortable bed, but I don't think you're Vegasing right. No. She's not Vegasing right. I cannot um, talk about what we've done or seen. Um, you are Vegasing right. I am Vegasing right, yeah. We are, we are Vegasing right, so... Have you um, been participating in any of the panels going on at RT, the crafty mm -hmm. stuff? Yeah, what we, kind of we stuff had, um, well, we threw a party the other night with a bunch of people and Sylvia Day and Christine and, and Lauren, uh, Jen Probst, Emma Chase, Chris Probst, we, like, we had a bunch. And then we have a comedy panel today. And there was also a co-writing panel uh, Wednesday. So different things. It's just, mm -hmm. it's great to come and see everybody that you really only get to see once a year, twice a year. Yeah. So plus all of the readers are here and that's always great. Mm -hmm. What's the best thing about getting to meet people who have actually read your book in person? Getting to meet people in person who have actually read your book. I don't know that. <laughs> you will find out. <laughs> I'll take this one. Um, I, I think for me, you know, and we've talked about this before, you know, it can be such an isolating experience when you're writing. Um, and, you know, just kind of get actually getting out and seeing the sunlight is grand. Um, but actually getting to meet people that have, you know, not only bought your books, but loved your books. And, you know, they, they have that kind of shorthand with you now because they've gone through it and experienced it with you. And it, it's great to actually um, be able to chat with somebody not for nothing. And it's also great to um, put a face to the avatar and a face to the name that you see on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, it's always wonderful when you actually get to recognize somebody and see them in their beautiful person. You're like, oh, my God, it's Bubbles 2372. How are you? I know it. It's great. <laughs> All right. Why don't we wrap up with <laughs> trick question? Uh, Alice, tell us one thing that uh, readers might be surprised to know about your lovely co-writer, Nina. I think people would be surprised to find out that Nina looks like she is such a hard, tough East Coast gal, but really she's just a cream puff inside. <laughs> and that's Nina's true. like, mm, girl. I also look like a soccer mom. So oh. there's that. So Nina, uh, tables are turned. Tell us one thing that people might not know about Miss Alice. Mm. She likes cream puffs. She does like cream puffs. Which is good because I am one, apparently. That's why you get along so yeah, well together. I think that's, that's probably accurate. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just that she genuinely does love the craft of it. And, and you know, to meet all of the readers and to meet all of the, the other authors. And she fangirls the shit out of... Can I say shit? Yes, you okay, can totally shit. say shit. Shit, shit. Uh, she <laughs> fangirls the shit out of everybody. You know what I mean? Because she was a reader first. So I think that that's something that people tend to forget about mm -hmm. authors is that they, you know, started out like when Sabrina was here before. You know, that's somebody that you look up to because they they have this like crazy long career and everything else so you see them and you're like Ooh, and they're so they're so genuinely nice in person so I mean I think that that's something yeah. that I think if people don't come to RT or any other sort of signing that they're missing out on because it is really something that you get to experience because mm -hmm. everybody they're all regular people it's all putting your pants on mostly the same way I just have to say I met Larissa Ione last night mm -hmm. and I, I shit my shit. pants 
Yep. Okay, maybe cut that part. How about lost or shit? Yeah, Brian, we'll, we'll tidy that up in post. <laughs> it's so true, though. screamed on the bus. Screamed on the bus. I did. I, I actually got, I, I held her hand and I got a little teary. Oh. Yeah. It's really exciting, though, and I think you make such a good point, Nina, because uh, these conferences are wonderful for readers to come and, and get new books and get new people to read, but also see their their most beloved authors. But it really does work both ways because this genre is so full of people who came to it from being fans mm-hmm. and wanting to participate in it. And it's the same is true of the editors. I uh, still, every now and then, I mean, some of the people I've worked with who have been great, and I've been like... Um, oh my god I can't believe I have her email I could just email her right now to yeah. say hey yeah. I'm freaking out Larissa I only just walked in the room yeah. and oh. I've shit my pants twice oh, this, we're gonna have to ask you to leave all right. I don't know I know. Um, alright on that slightly gruesome but also flattering note <laughs> <laughs> I will remind our listeners to look for Cream of the Crop Alice Clayton's uh, newest in the Hudson Valley series and also uh, that'll give you enough time to enjoy that before looking for Roman Crazy the first book out from Nina Bocci and Alice Clayton Nina and Alice thank you so much thank for you. joining us thank you so much go have fun in Vegas go okay. clean yourself up Alice yeah she's just gonna go I'm gonna to go sleep. take a nap yeah she's gonna go to sleep now. excellent thanks, thanks so much